It's the Meg John and Justin podcast. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Eagle-eared listeners might recognise a different voice in our intro. We are very, very thrilled, pleased, excited, exuberant, exuberant. Yeah. Other words, MJ. Orgasmic. Or- <laughs> <laughs> You're so goal-focused. <laughs> um, we are very thrilled to have with us Girl on the Nets. Hello, I am delighted and ecstatic and orgasmic to be here as well. Hey! Oh, you too. <laughs> Round of applause from me. And, yeah. for, um, <laughs> and girl on the net applauding itself that we are yeah. at uh, again like last week listeners you might have heard that we were in a cafe uh, yes. today we are in essentially our favourite pub isn't it our favourite pub which is where many of our ideas have been formed yeah, and absolutely. then forgotten again forgotten again <laughs> after several pints of beer <laughs> so we are at our favourite pub the uh, North London Camera Pub of the Year 2017 the Wenlock Arms so Lock. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Greatest pub in London. Having such delicious beer. Yes. I'm having some right now. What are you, what are you on, Jess? Uh, maybe our listeners want to know. I'm on the White Tips by the Siren Brewery. The White Tips. I am on Beaver Town Smog Rocket Smoked Porter. It's mighty fine. Yeah. And Jay will always go for a porter. I will. Yeah. Uh, and uh, go on the next. I'm on a, a lager shandy. Oh, She's I know. Yeah. choice. A complete waste of this brilliant pub. Which <laughs> So we thought it'd be a really great opportunity to, uh, as Girl on the Net is here, and as in last week's podcast we talked about our brand new understanding ourselves through erotic fantasy scene. That's right, yeah. That right? <laughs> or we could call it the erotic fantasy scene. The erotic yeah. fantasy scene, for yeah. sure. Uh, we thought it'd be great to talk about um, erotic writing, erotic fiction, yeah. and um, particularly um, thrilled to have Girl on Net here because of a new project that you've been working on with uh, some audio porn. Yes. So mm. I basically, I have a huge bank of filth on my website, like real, like true life stories and also fantasies and fiction and a while ago like about a year ago one of my followers on Twitter uh, pointed out to me so he's um, he used the screen reader because he's blind mm. and he was like well the problem with the screen reader is when you're reading erotic porn and erotic fiction essentially you have basically a robot reading it out to you which is a little bit of a mood <laughs> yeah. yeah and I was like oh, yeah, sex robots not, not quite the same thing no. yeah no yeah. I mean you know if, if you have a really specific fetish for that yeah. then it's probably completely perfect but yeah he was like that's the problem with like any of that kind of stuff is you know the, the robot voice reading it out yeah. so my new project is the audio porn project mm. at com slash audio porn um, and basically what I'm doing is just turning as much of my filth as possible into actually listenable audio porn so fantastic people can come and it's all free to access and come and listen to me basically talking smut um, mm. and I'm hoping like as it builds at the moment I've got a patron to support it, but I'm hoping that as it builds and um, I can buy myself a little bit more time with it yeah. and maybe earn a little bit of money from it, then I can pay other people to read their own stories so we get a more variety oh, of stories and stuff. Great. Good idea. Yeah. So that, that Patreon, details of that Patreon uh, where you can sign up and donate money uh, yeah, Patreon. is at the... Oh, okay. oh. 
patreon.com slash girl on the net wow you're so professional so on it so on it you're on it yeah <laughs> like the way we could only have a dream <laughs> <laughs> have, we, have we mentioned our book yet <laughs> enjoy sex <laughs> <laughs> we've done a great book wait we've done a <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's really an, uh, in our book uh, enjoy sex <laughs> which, well which I've got a copy of Beautiful and I found segue. brilliant Thank oh we should much. all get a copy of it it's amazing <laughs> thank you we uh, big up girl on the net a couple of times we do uh, yeah really, we're rightly really so and, and, and yeah. that's not why I think it's amazing like it's amazing for other reasons as well <laughs> yes like, I have learned loads from it and I am I have been having a lot of sex for a very long time and and you learnt stuff from it wow that is really good yeah it's like delving deeper into a topic that I already loved wow yeah so yeah that's a really big compliment yeah huge thank Thank you yeah yes Um, but we uh, are well I mean the reason we're mates and the reason we love working with you is that we all like um, have the same we come from the same kind of place in the world in the field of sex and sexuality and relationships yes and we're we're really wanting to big up um, anyone doing any work around erotic fantasies erotic storytelling yeah and, and Paul, particularly you know the kind of stuff where people are thinking about diversity and ethics and inclusion and yeah. the kind yeah. of stuff that's kind of mm. um, that actual kind of it feels more real to me when people are yeah. kind of including that as well absolutely um, um, and we want to big it up as like as a form of sex in itself in and of itself yeah. just that it's a lesser thing that you can't that, that, that the kind of thing that people like indulge in um, yeah. <laughs> when they when they can't have the partnered sex which is what we're all supposed to be having and mm-hmm. the partnered physical sex with another person yeah. and we um, so that's why we really love your stuff yeah so reading your books reading your website listening yeah. to the audio stuff is in itself a form of sex and a really good one you know exactly. and yeah. yeah just as legit as any other form of sex yeah, yeah definitely is that how you see it I think so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I think it's it's also I think it's really important to have that you know spectrum when we talk about sex it's often like porn and erotica is put into this one silo of yeah well, here's where you go to get off mm-hmm. and then you have um, the more kind of academic discussions about sexuality are often completely separated yeah. from it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, actually, why not talk about the two things in the same space? Absolutely. Because you've got those, mm. you know, it's like the practical and the theory and you're mixing it all together and yeah. you kind of, you get a much fuller understanding of it. I completely um, agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I guess that was some of the thinking behind the, the Eroticon um, event, which was where I was first able to give that workshop about mm. the zine. Um, about um, erotic fantasies um, so that's bringing together erotic writers but then there's also a lot of talks and things across across like about sex and then also sexy yeah yeah I think it's it's that kind of it's not just a question of you know um, sex educators should be aware of porn and vice yeah. versa yeah. it's like actually we play a really important role in feeding into yeah. each other you know mm. people who write porn should well I would hope always want to be learning more about sexuality and yeah. where there's that kind of stuff fits in mm-hmm. and vice versa mm-hmm. because it just makes for a much more in, way more interesting genre than just yeah. you know porn that's just very 
here is a sex act and I will describe it in detail mm-hmm. so much hotter if yeah. you can understand the whys like why is this hot and what are the details like yeah. I am obsessed with like little mm. details that make something turn something from like a description of something into that gives you that kick in the stomach of like oh it's yeah. hot yeah exactly and it is a weird area like the more academic study of sexuality and sex because often it's lacking that yeah you know it should sex is all about that mm. and it's actually not got that in there you know that real sense of the lived experience of the embodied experience yeah. or you know all of that what is it yeah what's really hot yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the thing that's completely missing from sex education particularly sex education for young people is any mm. kind of talk about pleasure and yes. diverse different sexual practices that we might enjoy yes. so but the, what I really the, the, it's but it's like you say about the details it's, it's that something could be it's like sometimes it could be a look or a way that something is said or a particular an act, a seemingly yeah. kind of innocent act in a particular way that can be really sexy and I think that's one of the things that is particularly hot I guess about erotic writing because you can take mm. a whole you know you can take two pages to talk about something like make which may actually only last like half a second yeah, yeah. But it's all about really unpicking what exactly what was going on for you in that moment, right? And that's the thing that makes it really exciting. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I think as as well, it's often the difference between like I find a lot of really bad erotic writing is often just about pure fetishization of something. So mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to think of an example. Uh, like I wrote a thing the other day about um, tight clothes. Mm-hmm. I find tight clothes incredibly hot. I once slept with a woman who she had this thing. She always had clothes that were slightly too tight like mm-hmm. straps that would dig in uh-huh. um, tights that would always dig in at her hips and stuff and I found it really hot yeah. and it's good erotic writing is I feel like it's about recognising what those details are yeah. rather than just going I could see her tits through that top yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it's a kind of you know yeah what is the more kind of visceral thing yeah. um, why is this fun it's yeah. always about like why is this fun what is the funnest thing about this mm. So there's so much there. I want to like come back to a thing you were saying earlier about also the um, you had a, a blind fan who was getting the getting the, the your posts read through like a, the bot type. Yeah, and actually, and actually the way that it's kind of read out in, in that kind of intentional way is like this is it's much more it's much different, isn't it? So yeah. the difference between somebody just reading out um, some some words and somebody reading you a sexy story yeah. is very different and so that goes for sex acts as well right so yeah. the difference between some, seeing somebody's like seeing somebody's wearing tights that are too tight mm. if she was wearing tights that were too tight rather than explaining why that might be really hot in that mm. particular dynamic in that particular moment and exactly how it looked yeah. and how it felt and what mm. happened before and what happened after and how rich you can make that detail that's what makes Really yeah. Sexy. Yeah. Definitely. It's that intentionality of the thing, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's really like a key to it, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, recognizing like when you can see the enthusiasm in someone about something. Yeah. So like, I love hearing other erotic writers read their work. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a difficult 
skill like not everybody can do it I don't think I'm particular I'm not like particularly brilliant at it mm. but what I love about hearing people read their own work is you can hear them smiling when they get to a bit yeah or you yeah. can like they'll slow down to really savour a particular detail yeah. and you really get that kind of well that's the experience of writing it as well I think is that when you're writing erotic fiction there's just something so like sexy and naughty about putting it down on paper and exactly being able to really get the detail of that thing not, yeah not so much the why is it well I guess the why comes into it but because you're yeah because you're slowing down on that section and really you know yeah. getting into the, the detail of that particular dynamic or that particular moment yeah. it, like it comes across doesn't it yeah definitely and it's mm. that like I love it when I really like having guest blogs about yeah um, from people who've got really particular kinks or fetishes that I just don't have yeah um, but a truly beautiful guest blog mm. I can read it and go well that's not my kink but I completely understand from exactly the way they phrased this yeah and someone wrote me a guest blog once about um, a feeding fetish yeah and he liked uh, to be fed I think he was so he wanted people to feed him mm-hmm. he was talking about the pleasure in uh, having a distended stomach and yeah. how the pressure on his belt and the tightness of that mm. and I was like I never understood why this was a fetish before yeah but just reading his words when somebody it really... writes it like that yeah absolutely yeah. Mm. and then it just really helps you to open things up doesn't it when you understand the context yeah. of it and when it... you can actually understand where it's coming from you can begin to kind of sit inside that almost yeah I can even though this might not be my thing I can understand the hotness yeah exactly yeah. you can get the hotness which is so important again in terms of expanding our understanding of what sex is which yeah. is really important yeah. but also for being more empathic with each other more compassionate about the range of different well, sexual interests. We you know? talk about that, and yeah. don't we? About uh, your kink is not my kink, but your kink's okay. Absolutely. Quick and actually, mm-hmm. when things are presented, I guess this is the difference between audio porn or written porn and like visual porn. Yeah. Like, visual porn, you can very immediately see if there's a thing that yeah. and that, you, that uh, turns you on or off. And sometimes seeing the visual of a thing, I guess, can make people sometimes can immediately might put a lot of people off quite quickly mm. but when you kind of take time with the story yeah. to really get into why this particular scene might be hot it helps you to really have that feeling of empathy for the character that's right and I think for those of, you know we, we've also talked about that thing about people who are in sort of roles and the dynamics and again I think that can that can come across more in a story certainly with words you know often it's in the it's often in the words that are spoken yeah. beyond what the people are doing with each other yeah this is the thing with sex mm. advice just to go back to our bugbear about this is yeah. that, you know, so much of it is like like about practices and yeah. as if very kind of blandly kind of uh, on paper what you need to do is to insert slot A tab A into slot A yeah yeah come on I mean it's like what about the dynamics of what's going on at that yeah. moment for the person yes you know, if, the visual if, contact and yeah. the, the spoken word and oh, yeah. the, the lightest touch and you know yeah, what was happening before that what was yeah. happening after and how they're looking at each other and mm. how they're holding each other and yeah. is there a like a power dynamic going mm. on and like that's the thing isn't it yeah and so no matter how all of that sex advice in all those other books that we just like it's yeah. ignoring all of this stuff it's ignoring yeah. fantasy exactly and how it plays out actually even when you're having a yeah 
rubbish, isn't it? Yeah, totally. It's not hard. It's not, no. I think, yeah, I think it's also that, like, when things are presented so starkly, like, you know, if someone says, okay, I've got a splosh fetish. Yeah. I want to get naked and roll around in some cake. If someone presented it to me like that, I'd be like, not really my sort of thing. Like, Mm. we can have a go, but I'm not really that enthusiastic. Yeah. But I've had a partner in the past who was really into splosh. Yeah. And talked me in detail through it. I was like, okay, I'm not sure what you mean by this. Can you talk me through what's hot about it? Yeah. And he taught me through his ideal scenario and like what I'd be wearing and what, Mm. you know, what kind of custard, like specifically what kind of custard for. And he taught me through it. And by the end of it, so horny like just unbelievably horny at this mm. very idea of it yeah because I've been able to really put myself into right. those details right. and yeah. go well no, I would never even have dreamed that putting yeah. custard on myself would be sexy and we were talking actually at the eroticon workshop that I did around this about you know people were saying how they had sometimes deliberately spun a fantasy involving something that they didn't quite get you know and that used it that way actually yes. to kind of write a little erotic story on this particular topic so that they could understand understand it better or also deliberately including kind of diverse people that again they might not be so familiar with in order to kind of get it you know um, and using that as a way to sort of yeah. increase increase their understanding of diversity yeah I think that's the thing that labels kind of close down and open up isn't it yeah. like the word splashing to identify a whole range of different activities with different people with different dynamics is yeah it doesn't really describe what it is for everyone yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the t- you know the tone can be so different. Like yeah. you can have a splash scene that's very playful yeah. versus one that's very like power dynamic, dominant, submissive. Absolutely. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's the same with any kind of act. Yeah, that you know, a kiss or spanking or yeah, mm. missionary sex or whatever. It just there's just a hundred different variations of it that have very different meanings. Yeah. Yeah, mm. it's the kind of. And I think it, the same is true in sex ed as well a lot. Like, people are often so focused on the what, like, what is happening. They forget that there are so many, like, from a journalistic perspective, you mm. also need to know who, what, why, where, when. Yeah. Like, what are all of these other contexts yeah. that make something interesting rather than just what. Yeah. Like, and how, yeah. yeah. Like, it's more about the how than the what. I suppose that's what you get with this, with the written and audio kind of stuff is a, is a lot more about the how. Yeah. You could describe the what in, like, a sentence, but the how extends it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing with, mm. like, uh, we have, with our, in our other zine, uh, Make Your Own Sex Manual, we have this thing about how you write down dynamics of what you find sexy. Yeah. That you could write down a list of all the different activities you may or may not want to do in the first person, but unless you're really talking about the dynamics, Dynamics. Yeah. Who's taking the lead on this? Who's uh, is somebody uh, what happens just before that? Like how intense is that yeah. going to be? And really it's like you're not really telling the whole story about what kind of sex it is that you may find hot. Yeah. yeah, I think you really get that in the film Secretary, don't you? Because there's yes. kind of a moment where she's trying to replicate the dynamic that yeah. she has that's so hot with the gut with the, the guy she's working for, and it's just not it doesn't work because it's not the how. <laughs> I think also the who, so the who is really interesting. (laughs) Like, I recently realised that my partner and I obviously, like, share a lot of fantasies all the time and we'll kind of talk about, oh, I thought about this thing. Mm. For me, usually my fantasy will be, right, I'm doing this and you're doing this and this other bloke is doing this. Whereas for him, Mm. when he talks about those kind of fantasies, it's usually a very specific person. Like, Ah. it might be one of our friends that we've had sex with Mm. or you know, someone that we know or someone famous. Yeah. And for him, the who is really important. Ah. 
yeah. Which isn't something, I mean, I so rarely even think about it. Like, when I write yeah. fiction on my blog, mm. I rarely even actually describe the people very Oh, really? Like, I, I will be describing the thoughts and yeah. the feelings. Yeah. But I won't, you know, you probably wouldn't know if this person was a blonde or a brunette or tall or short or whatever. Ah. Um, because oh, it that's interesting. That's really different from me as well, because, yeah, there's that sense for me of, you know, we talked about in the erotic fantasy zine about whether you have specific characters, mm. and that's very much for me as having these really specific characters um, that I return to who are fictionalised from my own fiction, but they're not, yeah, they're not... Um, just faceless or something yeah, yeah. They're, they're like they are specific I mean, yeah that's the thing that I find I found really useful just thinking about you know if everybody in the uh, fantasy is like another facet of me or another version of me what yeah. would that be like and what what's yeah. going on there and I think that's kind of um, an interesting way of thinking about it. does that like ring true for you like that there's that sense that maybe an erotic fantasy that we might have that is personal that, that they might be different sides of us yeah, so I've been thinking about this a lot since, um, <laughs> since your um, workshop and, the, yeah. and the, the material that you sent me. It's really, I find it really difficult because so often in my fantasies, um, the woman, who mm. is sometimes me and sometimes someone else, is so, uh, is, is so diminished... Not, and not necessarily mm. always in like a specifically physical way yeah. but so much of the fantasy is about the uh, men yeah. the feature in the fantasy because mm. usually I do fantasise about men um, and on top of that so many of them are, are ones I actively hate like I will construct yeah. characters mm. um, who are people who uh, I find morally abhorrent yeah. so like uh, bankers like a good bankers um, men in suits but this be, totally like, makes sense from the point of view of this theory because it says it's the sides of ourselves that we disown like that almost like we're all we all start life with the capacity to be all of these things all of these different archetypes or or types of person and then we learn what's acceptable for us which is very gendered but also just generally we learn what's acceptable and then we disown all the sides that wouldn't be okay but the idea is that they ping back up again in our fantasies so it makes complete sense that like if you've been, say, socialised to be a certain kind of woman, that you know a certain kind of man might be the kind that you've sort of disowned in order yeah. to do that. And if you've learned to be pretty nice, which you kind of are, you know, then, well, I try really you know, hard. Maybe you've been disowning these arseholes, you know, yeah. and like, they crop up in your fantasy, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It is quite. I mean, I do. Mm. I do really. I like being able to mm. explore. Yeah. Um. Ho- like horrible things and yeah. horrible and people that. I would never want to be or associate mm. with in real life. Yeah. Um, like someone asked me recently about, oh, how do your politics influence your fantasies? Yeah. And I think they, what they were after was, uh, you know, it, because I am a feminist, do I fantasise now less about dominant men? And I'm like, mm. no. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I think if, you know, if I wanted to deliberately change what I fantasise about because of my politics, it just wouldn't work. No. no. I can't just well, I think that go... If you closed it, if you tried to close that down and shut it down, it wouldn't work. Well, exactly. And also, because, again, if we're going with this theory of a lot of our fantasies come from the places that we're, we have shame about or yeah. tough stuff that's happened to us, it kind of makes sense that our fantasies would definitely not be politically correct because they would be about times of oppression or bullying or yeah. violence even, mm. non-consensual stuff. You know, that stuff's going to come in there. And also, again, if we're 
fantasizing disowns parts of ourselves then those disowned parts may be kind of quite nasty in some ways or brutish or you know whatever whatever it is that we don't allow ourselves to be comes out in a fantasy so really the question should be how does the relationship we have with our own fantasies affect our politics mm. and exactly you know, that's the way that we need to look at it right yeah that, um, actually by exploring this relationship that with uh, ourselves and our past and our relationships it's only through really doing that which we think you can do through fantasies that you can actually start it starts to affect your politics and the politics of those around you definitely and I think you need to address those disowned parts of yourself for important reasons because they are the parts that kind of pop up in actual life you know we can we all have the inner oppressor in us you know and that um, black feminist authors have really pointed that out like Bell Hooks and Audre Lorde that we kind of really need to look at that side of ourselves that's capable of being oppressive and in a way our fantasies are for one way of getting in touch with that Mm. side of ourselves through those characters that we invent that are so awful you know the side of you that could have been a banker you know almost right and then and then you know be aware that you have got that inner possibility and how do we how do you know it's it's better to to know it yeah. You know, and then we then we don't just inadvertently act it out in the world whilst thinking we're a really good person. Mm. But when we can actually really know those sides of ourselves, um, then we're much more aware of them and much more able to bring them to the fore if they're needed. But also know it is a, it is a it's a good um, uh, comparison to draw because it does help us understand a bit more about fantasies as something that is that is within us that kind of that happens that you can't you know immediately help mm. but it is the importance of acknowledging exactly yes so what this is a thing yeah. that I am capable of or cap- you know at least capable of kind of reveling in and imagining yeah and so I guess like any kind of privilege like you have to be able to acknowledge yeah First, that's thing. the first step exactly yeah. and I think what a lot of people do is they have the fantasy or they watch the porn and then as soon as they're done they're like totally ashamed and want to just deny it and they and they do actually they put it back behind a brick wall in their, in their psyche and don't even look at it again yeah. until it crops up again and actually what we're inviting is a different way of engaging with it which is to say it's totally fine to have whatever you have in a fantasy but let's use that you know as this really useful material to tell us something about ourselves and about the world yeah no yeah. definitely mm. and I think there's still there are a lot of people who still see will hear the word fantasy yeah and f- associate it with wish fulfillment yeah so like I fantasise about this and therefore oh my god I must want this to happen yeah and like I mean for me like a lot of my fantasies are very dark and they're very mm. violent and they're things yeah. that if they happened in real life I would be calling the police never want it to happen exactly yeah, yeah. and so it's that sort of we I mean maybe we even need to kind of Mm. dissociate you know come up with a new word for wish fulfillment yeah so it's a fantasy they need to be separate don't they because yeah I think some of the times when I've gone through the worst stuff in my actual life I've had the darkest fantasies of really enduring incredibly horrible things because that's sort of got me that's been a way about surviving that you know if I fantasise about these really awful things happening to me or somebody and then surviving them and almost turning them into something erotic that's a survival strategy for getting through the really hard thing Um, but it does not mean that I want that thing to happen actually it comes of the fact something really hard is actually happening you know I don't want more stuff yeah it's one of the problems Mm. of of where fantasy 
fantasy is in the hierarchy of sex and another kind of version of the sex escalator. Yeah. The fantasy we have isn't enough until we actually might want to enact it. Exactly. And yeah. it's not really a real thing or it's not useful or valuable unless yeah. it's informing somehow sex that you actually have. Right. That is yes. that physical sex. Yeah. Um, and it can do. It's like some people really do enjoy living out some of these things that they're fantasizing about, but in very specific ways with people who are very sure of what they're doing, you know. I think especially if it's the darker kind of fantasies we've been talking about with a whole load of negotiation and um, kind of uh, strategies in place for how it's going to go. But you just don't have to. It doesn't make it... It's no less valuable to just keep it in fantasy. Exactly. But then some people are able to have like a relationship with reality and fantasy, but it's about having Mm. this kind of like a realistic kind of relationship as well it's like that somebody may want to do something when partnered physical sex with somebody that might reflect a fantasy but it might turn out to be a bit different from the fantasy oh, yeah. okay and that, yeah. Might yeah. That, that might mean they fantasize about something else and that's okay mm. I guess the thing is about being present with it and not putting too much pressure on a thing if you are wanting to recreate something like a, mm. like a threesome or something you know with, with somebody else but, mm-hmm. but the whole idea that you have to do that is inherently a problem yeah, mm. so it's not like so like Girl in the Net says it's not wish it's not wish fulfillment, it's fantasy. Yeah. And that's a thing in itself. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's also like just just seeing, you know, all fantasies is wish fulfillment. It's so limiting because it makes it so much harder for you to do things like incorporate fantasies into other things that you're doing. So mm. like probably the best example I can think of is like I often fantasize about my partner with other women. Yeah. I think it's quite hot. I picture him in lots of different scenarios. We talk about it and I say to him, wouldn't this be hot? I mm. come yeah. up with this amazing scenario. What do you think of this? Now, if I was kind of boxed in to having to see always fantasy as wish fulfillment, yeah. I would never be able to share any of that with him mm. because I would be so scared that he would then go, right, well now we have to go off and do this thing. Right. Yeah. But actually in real life I think, you know, this particular thing I'd feel really nervous or yeah. mm-hmm. Um whereas, yeah, I mean I guess it kind of comes back to your point about like sex is not just the things that you do with your partner. Yeah. It's about all of the thing, you know, your Absolutely. the way you interact with those. And the, and exactly and the fact as well that we can do that, like you say, you can have that sexy conversation about fantasies with someone without that sense of it has to actually be that thing. It has Helps people with again with diverse bodies. You know, mm. you don't have to have a cock to imagine having a cock, or for it to be very real in that moment where you're talking it into being with that other person, for example. You know, or you can imagine a very different body or strength, physical strength that you don't have. You know, yeah. you can bring it into life in that way without it having to be reflected in your actual body. Yeah. yeah. Also, fantasies there can uh, play a part in relationships as well, like the, in uh, the Secrets of Enduring Love by. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Meg John Barker and Dr. Jackie Gab. Professor Jackie Gab. Professor Jackie Gab. Yeah, Sorry, let's you had get your that right. on, on that book, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, didn't have confidence in the book. Has to have the has to have the title. That's that's why we did it. Unlike yeah. with our book, yeah. of course. Right, so, <laughs> Mr. Justin Hancock, GCSE. Fun spooning certificate. Um, the idea about having the third stool in a relationship, right? Yeah. So I mean, that's a really so for a couple in a. Um, 
for example, a couple of a long-term relationship where it's very monogamous and mm. all their sexual times are with each other, if you can share a fantasy about involving another person, yeah. then that can fulfil a function as well as it being yeah. hot, but it yeah. also has this thing of it's an, it's the other, as we, we really like Esther Perel's mating captivity. Yeah, so like, yeah. Uh, if you if you become the other person too close to the other person, mm. then it's very hard to kind of find that other person hot. Yeah, so nice. having the the hot and the warm in the same place can be really difficult for those in long term relationships, especially when they're living together. Yeah, yeah. But so if you can bring in can that, have this really absolutely. Way of opening up, um, yeah. Well, if we first of all question why is sex and say actually by talking about fantasy or having fantasy that is sex. That's right. I mean, with sex therapy, I would often suggest sharing a fantasies. You know online or in person because it's going to really get you get to know the other person as well in a very different light I think mm. through their fantasies and that can be really helpful for sort of seeing them afresh and being present to who they are yeah. as well yeah and it's it's nice I've always find it nice to see someone else like it's a little bit like um, if you're with someone and you go to meet them somewhere and they're with people and they're chatting and yeah. you them from a distance and you see this sort of a stranger because yeah. they don't know you're there yeah. and you see this little extra side of them and I find that really it's just it's so hot like, yeah, I, agree. I love seeing my other half like I went into a coffee shop once with him where he goes at work a lot and yeah. so I'd never been in there with him it was on a Saturday and the barista flirted with him mm. and I saw this little extra side and like she was flirting with him and it was just super hot Yeah. and with fantasies again you get to see a little side of them which yes. you can go that's yeah. that's really exactly. exciting and it might literally be sides of themselves again that they're you know that they hardly ever show that come out in fantasy so it could be really exciting to get you know to know uh, you know a toppy side of somebody who's mostly bottomy or you know yeah. Yeah. active side of someone who's mostly passive or vice versa but yeah. Yeah. that wouldn't mean that, that the physical partner sex that they no. have would have to change no 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 it might change the dynamic yeah, yeah. it might just mean that suddenly mm. you have this thought in your head of oh we're doing this again you know we're having a snog again but now yeah. there is this going on yeah. there is this going on there is this, this frizz on or the way you looked at me just then was like this was yeah like, boom then you start to recognise sides of them that yeah you just haven't noticed in there face before their exactly. body yeah and this is the thing about being present like yeah. treating every time you have any kind of sex like first time yeah you really start to pay attention to these little dynamics yeah and fantasy has a huge part to play in that yeah massively yeah, yeah. I think I mean it's also I think it's a brilliant way of getting to know someone like back when I was dating mm. I would quite often like on a first date just have a conversation about that if, obviously if they were up for it yeah not everyone was up for it and some people would be like oh that's a bit much hashtag consent yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but like in talking about that stuff yeah it does give you a really interesting insight I mean, not only into like how willing they are and how up for it they are but also just yeah those little details that they find hot right and if I fancy them I then can find it easier to flirt with them because I can be like right well I know that you like this kind of thing and so this type of flirtation will work better or you know yeah. you're like this kind of play or whatever. yeah that's right and it's not so you're not just sort of coming into it completely unknowing does this mean I can have a rant about young people and sex education and sex thing can I have a of rant course. about this yeah. at this point it feels relevant yeah super relevant it's like oh <laughs> uh, like, we talk we say to young people the most important thing around sex is that you communicate with each other and you talk about yeah. it as what you want but then on the other hand we say you must never sex each other and yeah. you're going to get prosecuted uh, and yeah. you're going to have all your information shared 
when you'll be yeah. and women are not allowed to do it and men are you're one of the lads and it's like yeah oh, I totally it's agree it's so frustrating yeah. so there are obvious risks to sexting don't yes. get me wrong mm-hmm. particularly you know and uh, and people can get bullied and it's awful what happens mm. however can we please at least talk about how actually it might be a good thing absolutely the relationships I've had that have started from you know online messaging where we've been able to discuss fantasies or even do cyber sex it's been a really great foundation mm. for what comes next you know and it's so much less scary going you know and it, you know that's and it's also a really much safer form of sex as you say you know yes some risk in terms of what other people might do with that data yeah. but actually in terms of you know STIs and pregnancy and uh, you know non-consensual stuff and all of this it's actually a pretty safe way to start getting to know somebody and having sex with them yeah because it is a form of sex and it feels a yeah. bit it feels like the, the the sort of rage and panic about it comes from a similar place to the oh why don't you put your phone down and engage with someone in the real world uh, yeah it's like, do you not understand that at the end of this person's phone there are thousands of people that they are engaging yes. with and interacting yeah. with it, you know sexting is yeah. effectively talking about sex and having a sexual conversation and, sexual. Yeah. and so yeah it's that same you may have you obviously have to talk about this and have a conversation yeah I don't understand your new technologies and your new ways so don't yeah. do it like that do yeah. it like I did write a love letter or who writes it, love it, letters and yeah. them anymore yeah it's, and it is it is effectively that you know, it feels like well. this would be a new section in Gail Rubin's charmed circle of sexuality which we'll yeah well I think technology is in there although in the 1980s that wasn't how she was understanding it but she was saying yeah sex toys I guess were put in the outer limits yeah, anything yeah, yeah. involving technology but we could certainly suggest that now yeah. it's yeah and having per, yeah, yeah. in person to internet yeah to mediated mediated, mediated yeah. in any way so what we're yeah. Saying, yeah anything yeah. any yeah mediated sexuality mm. Over the internet doesn't count sex, yeah. and it's it's not given the same status as yeah. the, the inner, the real sex. Mm. I just did inverted commas there. Really, <laughs> no, yeah. not helpful in no, the audio. No, <laughs> you need real your buzzer. Sex. Yeah, the of the inverted commas <laughs> in, in the air. Yeah. Um, oh, I, uh, obviously, we're all in agreement about sex thing and stuff. It's split, but it's another the thing is is that you know I had a young person write to me the other, the other day at Bish who's really worried about this sort of fantasy and I'm like the first thing I said to them I think was mm. no one's ever probably told you about erotic fantasies and yeah. it's actually chill and that it's okay oh I know absolutely and I mean so, the first thing I remember hearing about them was don't do it you know along with I mean when I encountered some some religious friend at school it was like any kind of solo sex is wrong exactly. you know that the, and that's the only thing I ever remember hearing from anybody about it I mean I kind of figured out for myself it's alright yeah. um, but yeah it's, uh, it's terrible that's where so many of these problems come from Indeed. where so many people's like difficulties with this stuff comes from that mm. first of all they just think well they're not allowed to do it they shouldn't be doing it and so they castigate themselves for it and mm. it makes me very sad of course yeah I wonder if some of it as well like one of the things I've noticed recently and I don't know like if it's age group specific or just the media that I read mm. is that when people talk about masturbation they're usually talking about porn so yeah. they're talking about the, the assumption from a lot of particularly like mainstream commentator, mm. commentators is that if you are masturbating you are watching porn or yeah. you're reading a article or you've got some sort of external stimulus Yes. and for me most of the time I'm just thinking things in my head yeah like most mm-hmm. of the time yeah. my fantasies work better for me than Paul does like, yeah that is not to say that I don't like porn obviously yeah. porn is brilliant and there are lots of fantastic people who make great stuff mm. 
but I find it I think it's a shame that it has become something that is so um, I mean again it's effectively like people used to be told here is exactly how you have sex now people are being told here is exactly how you masturbate yeah and it's like well there's loads of different ways to do it and Mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons this is so fun is there's so much variety exactly um, it's a shame that there's this kind of it, it feels like a lot of people think that's just the only way to do it. It's like we need to just tease apart the physical stimulation part and the psychological stimulation mm. part and then look at the massive range of both. So yeah. there's a, a loads and loads of different ways to physically stimulate yourself and those and those are ways to psychologically stimulate yourself, yeah. um, whether through porn, erotica, fantasy, etc. And then they, and the two don't need to go together. Sometimes the psychological stimulation is way enough yeah. and sometimes the physical stimulation is only way enough and sometimes the two go hand in hand or hand in something. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Some, sometimes people may, we talk about masturbation and self-touch in our book, sometimes mm. people may touch themselves, and to them it may feel more like sensual yeah. rather than necessarily sexual, but yeah. it might feel really, really lovely and nice. It might not involve fantasy whatsoever, yeah. and that's completely fine. Yeah, exactly, and sometimes the fantasies have their own sort of rhythm to them and climax to them and whatever without ever physical touch being needed so yeah. you know yeah and sometimes I mean I sometimes have a wank while not really thinking about anything yeah I'm just like oh it's about half eleven I've just I'm just about to have a coffee break yes have a quick wank and I'll be thinking about what is the next thing on my to-do list yeah I think the procrastinate that we talk about is often like that, that. yeah is that yeah good? Procrastinator, is it the is it a version of elevenses like? Oh yeah, it's more like a elevenses, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How what would that be? Wank elevenses. That doesn't work. I call it the admin wank. Ah. uh, I just it's in my it's basically roughly in my schedule that I will wank once in the morning and once in the afternoon. Right. And it's become a habit, and it's not it's not like it's not even particularly amazingly pleasurable or exciting. Yeah. It's just like it's a thing I like to do. Yeah. Like having a cup of tea at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Although, why choose? Yeah, Yeah. cup of tea after, before. (laughs) Definitely not at the same time. No, that's, yeah. Yeah, It depends how you do it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Iced tea, iced coffee, fine. Yeah. That feels like a really great point to bring this conversation towards a close. Unless you've got anything else burning want to say about it. I had loads of different questions, but I think we've kind of oh, t- we've covered no, we've covered a lot of good ground there. So I think we will have no, we will have girl on the net back at some future date. Well, I will definitely be back in the pub at some future date. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> we'll have to start inviting other people to the pub as well if we're gonna keep doing this. At the pub with Meg John and Justin. Right? Yeah, I like that idea. You'll, you'll start gathering a crowd. Fans will turn up with <laughs> copies of Enjoy Sex for you to sign. Is that Enjoy Sex How Well and If You Want To? By it Icon is, Books. yeah. It's a fab book. <laughs> yeah, it's currently it. sold in all good booksellers, including Foils. Thank you, Foils. Yeah, you can actually yeah. go to a Foils. And it's there. And it's there. It's right in Foils. You pick it up and you go to the till and you yeah. Like an item, like a probably. thing, like yeah. a proper thing, and it's worth doing that because it's got a nice cover, but it's also good on Kindle. It's got um, a really nice tactile cover. Yeah, yeah. And the first place I saw our book in foils was next to Girl on the Nets. 
Yes, oh. we were snuggled right up to you, real close. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. We're buddies. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you sent me a photo of it. Actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we had a photo. Yeah. So I go on the net. Uh, last, last, last plug for your, uh, for your stuff. So if you haven't already read or listened to any of the girl and that stuff, what are you doing? Yeah. You've, like you've, you've missed, missed. You haven't lived. Really, have you? <laughs> you haven't really lived. No. Google yeah. girl on the net. Yeah. Yeah. Read the books. Two books out now. I've got two books out yeah. now. Um, you can find them all at my website, girlonthenet.com. And the audio porn project specifically is girlonthenet.com slash audio porn. You can do it all one word or with a hyphen, it doesn't matter. Um, and come and listen to Smart. Come and listen to Smart and support my audio mm. smart project. It's amazing. I, I was gonna do another plug quickly because yeah. you and I, Justin, have both been part of another smut related thing lately that people might be interested in, which smut is slam. Smut Slam. Yeah, which Cameron Mormons yeah. and it's awesome and we were judges, weren't we? Two yes. consecutive times. But they run them all over the country okay. not just London but they are in London but I think now in Bristol and other places as well so, so Google Smut Slam yeah. and go along so this is where people stand up to the mic and tell a little smutty story from their own life so it's actually a bit more like Girl on the Net some of your stuff that's more factual based of things that you've actually done yeah. rather than the fictional stuff um, and it's an extremely amazing evening yeah I had a great time yeah I, mean, I was I was uh, I was a judge, which made me feel incredibly powerful. I felt powerful, yeah. I was brought in to do a little bit of ad hoc sex education. Well, they had quite a lot of sex ed in the one I was at as well, which is really nice to see. So it weaves together the smut with also, yeah, learning about sex. I killed everyone's buzz by saying, there's no such thing as sex addiction, really. It's quite complicated. Yeah. I think I said biopsychosocial a few times. Oh, it's such a good word. It is a sexy word. It's a great word. (laughs) Yeah, we like uh, it anyway. and lovely. Yeah. Really like the vibe. The presenters are great. But it was. The evening flew by. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. recommend. So smut slam. Go. Yeah. Go. Go do it. And with that. Yes. If. Uh, thank you very much to go on the net. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been great fun. We hope to have you back in the future. Mm-hmm. If you uh, remember, if you like this episode, you can tell everyone about it and link to us on Twitter at MegJobJustin or on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash MegJobJustin. Sign up to our podcast. Just like search your podcast apps for MegJobJustin or go to soundcloud.com forward slash MegJobJustin <laughs> or go to MegJobJustin.com where you can find all our stuff. All the information right there. I always oh. let Justin do that bit because I can't remember any of it. Um, <laughs> I like it's it. Makes me feel proud. Yeah. And if you have any questions you'd like to ask us. Send them or any people you'd like to have us, uh, us to have on as a guest. Yeah. Now we're into the threesomes. We can do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even a foursome. Yeah, yeah. Three yeah. Or yeah. And they get to come to the best pub in London. They do. The I greatest mean, of all pubs. Yeah. If they're into pubs. Or we, we have a nice cafe as an alternative. Nice yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can always go to the pub after. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.